Welcome to the fund2000.com real estate podcast. My name is Chuck Ham. Today we're going to talk about some of the things we need in order to initiate a non-judicial foreclosure and some of the misconceptions around foreclosure versus non-judicial foreclosure. My audience here is anyone who is trying to secure a debt. In other words, you're about to lend money, you're not sure if you're going to get paid back, and um, you want the borrower to put up some collateral in the form of real estate and how to do that properly in order to benefit from the non-judicial foreclosure process. So there are a lot of different people out there who already do this kind of practice, securing uh, a debt, for example, through a lien. It could be a mechanics lien. It could be a judgment lien. Um, maybe a, an attorney uh, needs to get paid back attorney's fees and the client agreed to be liened per the rules of uh, professional conduct in California for attorneys. And they recorded the ju judgment lien but the misconception is that uh, you can use various kinds of liens to initiate non-judicial foreclosure, but that's not the case. So we're going to get into those details right now. There's two different processes in California to perform a foreclosure. Uh, non-judicial foreclosure is more limited. Um, the borrower has to agree to a power of sale clause in usually a trust deed um, that's why we use trust deeds because the power of sale clause is in the instrument and it is recorded against a particular parcel of real estate that the borrower agrees to. And because most attorneys and mechanic liens and other types of liens don't have a power of sale clause and because they're not recorded against any particular parcel of property and because the borrower didn't agree to uh, non-judicial foreclosure, you know, in other words, the power of sale clause, then uh, that pretty much precludes non-judicial foreclosure. Therefore, you cannot hire our office. And that's a bummer for you because um, non-judicial foreclosure firms like ours are very inexpensive. We do not hire attorneys unless we get involved in litigation, which is very rare. Um, Therefore, our fees and all the costs associated with a non-judicial foreclosure are very low. So attorneys ought to strategize at an early stage when you're doing your retainer agreement with your client, whatever kind of agreement you're using, um, to instead of getting the client to consent to be leaned, um, get them to consent to a a trust deed, maybe even have them sign the trust deed early in the process. Um, you can, on your agreement, uh, probably, I, I'm guessing, uh, this is advice from a non-attorney to attorneys out there, uh, to you know try to get your agreements to require the borrower or the client to agree that they will sign a deed of trust with them as the borrower, with the attorney or your firm as the beneficiary, and you're gonna to have to figure out who's gonna be the trustee. You can make yourself the trustee or you can write our firm in. TD Processing Service Incorporated, uh, so INC period. And um, you're gonna to have to figure out what the uh, amount 
of the debt is going to be, how much are you going to secure with this deed of trust? And that's the problem at this early stage of retaining a client is maybe you don't know what the debt is going to be. Um, well, you can, again, get the client to agree to whatever that debt is uh, and execute the deed of trust later. Part of the process also is getting this deed of trust uh, notarized. So it's not just a matter of getting them to sign a blank document. It's you, you can't really do that because it has to be notarized or for completed. It can't really be edited after it's notarized. So I think the key here is obligating the client to uh, agree that at a future date when you know what the debt is, however much attorney's fees the client um, has to pay, that then you draft the deed of trust. And we can help you draft the deed of trust. Uh, we we don't have any problem helping you free of charge get that if you're hiring us to uh, perform the recording services uh, and the eventual possible non-judicial foreclosure. Hopefully it doesn't go there for the for everybody's sake, but uh, that's uh, what we do. I think a contract can um, require uh, and the borrower and the client can agree to be required to sign this deed of trust in the presence of a notary at a later date once you figure out exactly what they're going to owe. And then you get that uh, original document over to our office and we have it recorded with the county wherever the parcel is located. So the deed of trust will identify the parcel that is being encumbered. It'll identify the borrower who will be known as the trustor. trustor. It will identify your office or you personally as the beneficiary, a trustee, and um, it'll have a power of sale clause and the amount of the debt. So it's pretty straightforward. It's a one-page document, and uh, we do them all the time. So let us know if you have any questions about that. And just know also that if you have a judgment lien, a mechanics lien, or any other kind of lien um, that does not have all those required elements, you cannot use the non-judicial foreclosure process. You're just going to have to use the judicial foreclosure process, which means litigation. We're happy to review whatever uh, documents you have to see if it's uh, going to fit with the non-judicial foreclosure process. We're happy to help you with creating documents. And this isn't just for attorneys. This is for anybody who wants to secure a debt and you have a borrower who is willing to take on the debt and willing to encumber their real property, their parcel with said debt. As long as you have a meeting of the minds between both the borrower and the creditor, then you're gonna be able to do this. One question is, is the property that you're going to um, encumber through this deed of trust worth whatever the encumbrance is? So if the loan is for $100,000, and um, you want to secure a $100,000 debt through a deed of trust, uh, you better make sure that the property has that value. So most people who have real estate also have a mortgage recorded already against their real estate. There could be a first mortgage or can be a second. And most likely your deed of trust, if it's for services, um, for like attorney's fees or a roof or whatever the debt is that you guys are are um, agreeing to uh, encumber the property with, whatever it is, uh, it's probably going to be in a junior or lower non-priority position. 
So in California, first in time, first in right. So if you recorded first, then you have first priority in being paid back upon foreclosure, upon sale, whatever, um, in, in the process of granting clear title. Let's say you're in second position. There was a, when you recorded your deed of trust securing your debt, um, let's say that there was already a mortgage uh, on the property. There was, it was a first deed of trust because it was recorded before yours. And let's say the, uh, the debt is $500,000. And let's say that you hire us to figure out what the value of that property is. Maybe we do it for free for you if you're already um, using our firm for related services. Sometimes we do that kind of thing for free, get you a, some kind of a valuation of property. We're not appraiser, so we cannot call it an appraisal. But let's say that the property, we find out that the property is only worth $500,000 and there is a mortgage already recorded against that property for $500,000. And uh, you're in second position and the borrower owes $100,000 to you. Let's say you want to foreclose. Well, is that going to do you any good? Most likely it's not going to do you any good. And that's because there's no value in the property. Um, there's no equity. Uh, on the other hand, you might decide that you're willing to hold the property. So you could foreclose. Um, and when you foreclose as a junior lien holder, meaning you're in a second position and there's a first mortgage, uh, you can foreclose and do nothing with that first mortgage, but it will stay in existence. They do not lose their rights to their encumbrance, but any, any um, lien holders that are junior to you uh, do lose their rights. They, they're wiped out in the foreclosure process. That's the way it works in California. So if you're in a second position and then after your second lien against the real property recorded, there were others, let's say other attorneys, other um, mortgages, whatever got recorded against that property after yours, if you decide to foreclose, you wipe them out upon sale. They don't get wiped out until the sale is complete and the trustee's deed is issued. You want to find out what a property is worth at an early stage and make prudent decisions as you go. Um, Non-judicial foreclosure is tricky business. Um, you need to know the rules and we're happy to help you understand all the rules. For now, I think the, the most important thing that you ought to understand is how to get this started so that you have this option available to you from the, in the first instance. So often we, we see people willing to uh, issue credit and take on debt and they don't understand uh, the documents that they're signing and they don't understand what processes later on are going to be available to them to collect on that debt. So non-judicial foreclosure, it's a great way to go. Most people realize they want it when it's too late. And we want to help you realize how to get it done right so that you can uh, take advantage of our services and the, the inexpensive non-judicial foreclosure process and uh, help you get your money back. Thanks for listening.